Welcome to Nerds of the Roundtable, a podcast on a quest for quality pop culture. I'm Jamie. And I'm Dwayne. And on this episode, we're going to be reviewing... What are we reviewing, Dwayne? 1993's classic, Groundhog Day. Directed by Harold Ramis and starring Bill Murray and Andy McDowell. And this is one of my favorite movies of all time. This is a great movie. I hadn't seen it, Jamie, in so long. And when you had mentioned doing this, uh, we've got a couple holiday things coming up. I was really kind of like, ah, yeah, I remember it, but vaguely. And uh, honestly, watching it, uh, I know what I've been missing. And it was a ton of fun. Well, I don't watch like a lot of like, have a, like I don't have like a lot of holiday tradition movies, but I watch this year ish every year on Groundhog Day. Yeah, yeah. You mentioned this being a yearly visit for you, and yeah. I probably have been I would say sixteen to nineteen years <laughs> uh, since since I had seen this, and I don't remember having fond memories of it initially when I when I see hmm. it and and I'll tell you this as we as we get into our opening thoughts I guess so go ahead and diving into yeah. our opening thoughts here before we get our grades you know Bill Murray was just a jerk and that kind of turned me off yeah. from the movie so I really didn't devote to it and then you keep hearing I got you babe <laughs> babe you know that that being a thing and yeah. being a you know, an older teenager coming into the young adult. It got too cool for the groundhog. You know, what's what's this business yeah. here? So yeah, there was there was a couple things in in my uh, youth that turned me off from this movie. But I'll tell you something: revisiting this with a little bit older eyes, and and the time, I realized why I fell in love with Andy McDowell's smile. I mean, it's contagious. You know, I mean, and she's absolutely just heartwarmingly gorgeous and, and earnest to this movie. And Bill Murray is kind of a jerk. He's awful. Yeah, uh, through the vast majority of the movie, even when you think he's trying to do things right, you're like, oh, see what you're doing there, you, you dog, you. <laughs> um, so, you know, that that is something that I, I kind of struggle with, even with this watching. You know, I love Bill Murray. In other roles, <laughs> but as as weatherman feel, it was not a, a, a favorite a character of mine. But before I turn it over to your grades, I mean, just want to speak to the casting of this movie. You know, coming out in 1993, you have Bill Murray at I mean his peak. Yeah, it's, it's, he's at the peak of his powers. Yeah, he's peaker. You have Annie McDowell at her peak. I mean, this was a big name movie. You have a lot of folks in every other 80s and early 90s movie. Uh, Chris Elliott. Stanley Tobolowski, great character actor, uh, directed by and an appearance by Harold Ramis. Egon. In this movie, uh, Egon. So you have a little Ghostbusters uh, reunion there, and and I know you have a little bit of history to that. When yeah. You get in. So, Jamie, yeah. what's what's your thoughts? What's your views of this movie? Okay. Well, I, mean, I, I love this movie, and um, I, it's, it's interesting the way you talked about how much you don't like Bill Murray at the, be- at the beginning of this movie. And through a big chunk of this movie, he's a terrible person. But I think for me, that's what part of the what's the beauty of, the, beauty of this movie is it. It's got a really powerful character arc because of how awful he is. I mean, he really has to go through a lot of transformation to be likable by the end because he's just such a terrible person. He made a face. I was wondering where he's going with that. I, did I jump the gun? Uh, no, no, I don't want to interrupt. Uh, I don't want to interrupt you. I know I'm pretty bad for that sometimes. But jumping in there, 
his character arc to me happened almost a little too little, a little too late. We'll, I, we'll, we'll get into that. In yeah, the spoiler and, 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 and that's what, that's when we get into it a little yeah. bit more. But yeah, he was really uh, even when, like I said, when you thought he was doing some of the things. We'll, we'll, we'll get there. Get, I've got yeah. I've got some thoughts on that. <laughs> so, but I just think it's. I mean, I've got some nitpicks, and we're going to get to those. Um, I can already tell we're going to have an interesting discussion when we get to the nitpicks. Uh, I can already <laughs> I can already feel some strong disagreements coming on. Uh oh. But um, I think it's a great movie. It's very well directed. Um, it's not flawless. No. Um, there are some, there's some flaws here. Um, but it's my favorite Bill Murray performance. I think he's, he's, I mean, he's great in this movie. Mm. Um, I think it's got some interesting direction stuff and there's some really like clever, like directing stuff in here. Like there's some real subtle things he does that are like make this movie be able to get an hour and 40 minutes long. That with like a, a less skilled director to accomplish the same stuff as be like a, you know, two and a half hour movie. Yeah. And so there's just, I mean, there's just some real stuff to admire in there too, with the, the, the craft of, of movie making. Yeah, the characters are pretty well defined, uh, pretty laid out there, and they they do have definite, purposeful movements. Yeah, um, we'll get to. We've got a positive section coming up. I, I'm, I'm going to brag on Harold Ramis a little bit when we get to this. So. <laughs> okay, great. Looking forward to it. Okay, what, what's your grade, Wayne? I want to uh, hear this grade. grade. I'm going to give this an A minus. Like you said, it's not a flawless movie, but it's a very, very well put together, very well edited, very well written. I mean, all around, it's a well acted movie. This, uh, you know, it's in its correct place as a as a classic. Yeah. yeah. So I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna go with the name minus. Yeah, there are some flaws, but it's not a great deal. And there are some gaps, not a great deal, but you know, it's it's a great great movie. Well, I'm actually um I've got two gigantic nitpicks they're <laughs> nitpicks but they really annoy me i'm still giving it an a plus okay um i think this is one of the most rewatchable movies that's ever been made i can watch it over and over again i have watched it over and over again and you kind of rewatch it as you're watching it you you do and um <laughs> but i think i think it's 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 strengths the things it does well it does so well that it even kind of like gets over a couple of my annoyances and it still stays at, that, at the top ranking it's an a plus movie for me yeah yeah, it, what it does well, it does really well, and what it you know lacks, it's not that bad. You know, it's not yeah. not, not not that. And much. it's I need to, I need to wait. We're gonna get to the positives <laughs> later. I don't I want to I don't want to jump the gun. Okay. Um, is there anything else you would like to discuss before we? No, let's, let's take a short positives. break, and then we'll uh, we'll come back in just a second. Nerds of the Roundtable, a podcast on a quest for quality pop culture. I'm Jamie. And I'm Dwayne. And on this episode, we're going to be reviewing... What are we reviewing, Dwayne? 1993's Groundhog Day, directed by Harold Ramis and starring Bill Murray and Annie McDowell. Now, this uh, podcast, we're going to go into some positives of Groundhog Day. We are going to look at the positives of the story, different things we liked about it. And you guys... We're going to go full spoiler here. We're going to we're going to show the full groundhog. <laughs> <laughs> all groundhog all the time. All, all groundhog all the time. So Jamie, what is your uh, what's what would you start off with with one of the most positive things with this movie for you? Well, I mean, we've talked about it sort of roundabout a little bit um, before, like off air and stuff. But like, it's it's the gimmick. It's the setup of the story, the premise. You know, this, this guy's a horrible jerk. He's so bad 
that apparently the universe has decided he has to relive this day over and over again until he gets it right. And it is kind of a bad day for him. He <laughs> is a big deal prima donna, prima donna, well, thinks he's a big deal prima donna, whether man refers to himself as the talent. And he winds up in a small town, Pennsylvania. Uh, to I mean, he does not want to be he there. He does not want to be there. To see the groundhog predict, are we going to have an early spring or six more weeks of winter? Yeah. And, uh, and that, But the gimmick is, I mean, it's sort of the structure of the whole movie. Because we keep repeating things over and over again. We see him encounter the same people over and over again. Most notably, Stephen Tobolowsky. But uh, but we have these things. He just repeats them over and over again. He gets, at Different parts of the movie, he's becoming more and more of a jerk. And then there's like a turning point where he starts to... I think I, I think he starts off a jerk, and then the middle port, point you're supposed to like think maybe he's getting better, maybe but, he's, he's nice. but he's really just being manipulative. Yeah. And then he gives up and starts being suicidal, starts killing himself. <laughs> <laughs> that was absolutely. And then at some point, he realizes that he just he just needs after talking with Rita, he just needs to be a better person. Yeah. That he's if he's going to be stoked, he's going to make the most of it and improve himself. Um, with with this time he's been given, and so it's this long winding process, and um, and there's some some false starts there, but because they've got that gimmick, because of the way the the premise is set up, we can repeat these same encounters, these same events. I mean, he gets slapped in the same place for saying different things over and over again. I mean, it's just it's this interesting way to set up the movie. Yeah, it really uh, the I guess the the look at time cycling, how uh, cyclic it it can be, and repeating the same day over and over even though he is doing different things everyone around him is still going through their same motions the the waitress still drops the tray the the homeless guy's still on the corner he still runs into ned the insurance needlehead ned needlehead stanley he steps in that pothole if you don't know who we're talking about he is a character actor from these 80s and 90s still today great uh in Anything I've ever seen. Yeah, and if you if you're not if you're not catching the name, like you know this face. Yeah, yeah, you know the face. You've seen him. Yeah, yeah you've seen him. You just don't r- really. He's never the main actor. He's just always a little side character. But he's always memorable. Always memorable. Yes, but you know how everything still happens, and he reacts differently. But things still kind of progress the same way, and then he realizes it doesn't matter what I do. <laughs> It's great. And, and and he robs the uh, robs the uh, the armored truck. He uh, goes on a police chase. Steals the groundhog. Steals, steals the <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, just absurdity. He starts just being a jerk to people. Yeah, and then he starts getting creative about how he commits suicide. Which he really is. And and I spoke to this, you know, earlier off air possibly, but you know, he really is a jerk Terrible for the person. majority part of this movie. And I really had trouble loving bill murray from many other roles ghostbusters stripes um i mean even lost in translation he was a lovable character um but yeah just scrooged yes scrooged uh you know he just always comes around to that to that just cool guy yeah well i'm i'm actually i'm a little more hit and miss than you with bill murray um there's there's movies where i could just i I don't need to have ever seen them like this is going to be really unpopular, and Dwayne may reach across the table and slap me. I don't like Rushmore, and I don't like Bill Murray in Rushmore, and <laughs> he never gets likable in that movie to me. I'm like, he, what, what he does in Groundhog Day, he doesn't do in that movie. Right. But um, but the but the way he like he keeps repeating these things, like mm-hmm. um, like the guy he meets in the hallway, 
I don't I don't know how I don't know how, I don't want to be you know crude, but like the 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 the, the large guy, the, the chubbier guy, the chubbier guy. He I am a chubby person. I can say this. Um, but like the interactions, it's just that quick little interaction. That's what that guy. That changes, and you can kind of tell he's changing. He goes downstairs. There's a lady who's offering him coffee every morning. Yeah. And when he like like for early on, he's being really rude to her. Then he realizes that nothing matters. Like he just grabs her and kisses her, <laughs> and then you know goes off. And it's just yeah, but like with the same that same repeated encounter, is a really shorthand, really brilliant way to show like he's changing and where he's at on his personal journey. Yeah, I really like the experiment with the pencil. Breaking yeah. when he realized something is amiss, and he breaks the pencil, puts it there. That was a reshoot. Really? Yeah. The original way that he figured out that the day was repeating, you see, he actually went full rock star on the hotel room, destroyed the hotel room, and shaved his oh, head. Oh, yeah. And they thought that was too much. And so they came back in and did reshoots, and all he did was break the pencil. Well, that would have been a little bit much. Yeah. yeah that would have been a little bit much for this type of movie. Yeah, I thought the, I, but the break the pencil thing. I, you're right, though. That's, that's a really smart move. That was a smart choice. Yeah, that yeah. was a smart choice. I don't, yeah, I didn't, I don't need to see a Bill Murray go uh, Bob Geldof in the wall, you know, <laughs> in this movie. Um, yeah. But, you know, uh, some other positives aside from just the premise and uh, and Bill Murray Bill Murray's character development, which I'm sure we're going to get into a little bit more in depth here. But now the characterizations of folks in this movie. Uh, uh, I spoke to it earlier. Uh, you know, Andy McDowell just being a lovable sweetheart of a person. You know, uh, and you really she is the heart. I feel of this movie that really carries it and and brings the shift about. And I like Chris Elliott too. I mean, he's, he doesn't have the biggest role in the movie, no, but he, I really like him. He doesn't, and and everything he does in other movies, even it always is just the right yeah. decision. Yeah, he's just that right guy to be, you know, along the side there to make those acting decisions to to bring it along. But see, and he, he's never, and you can tell from the openings, and he's kind of into Rita, like right off the bat, like he kind of she's playing with his like weather weather machine stage thing. Um, he kind of. Gives her this look. Like he, he's into her right off the bat. He's never nice to Chris Elliott. He's awful to Chris Elliott for the whole movie until he's not. Now, and I think that's the point where you can tell he's actually turned his he's not. He's not just being manipulative. He's not just trying to get something. When he's being nice to Chris Elliott, things have actually mm, changed for Phil. That, that, uh, I can see that. I didn't pick up on that with this watching, but I can definitely see that. His interaction with, uh, with Rita. Andy McDowell really bothered me through this movie. He was just so nasty <laughs> toward her with the, with his comments. And I and I understand, guys. You know, we've spoke to this in other podcasts. You know, it's a different era. Yeah. Uh, people, you know, behaved horribly at times to to one another. Uh, but yeah, his interactions with her, I don't think were ever okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I felt like compared to how we treated like other people, like the lady at the, at the desk at the, at the news station, you referred to as the hairdo. I mean, I mean, it was just so dismissive. I felt like he pulled actually as mean as he was to read it. He actually kind of pulled his punches a little bit because he was kind of into her. Yeah, probably. Like, like he was a jerk's way of like flirting. Like he didn't know actually how to treat somebody decently. Like he was trying to flirt with her, but he just ended up being a jerk. Uh, yeah. I could see him uh, definitely having the uh, middle school boy. Yeah. Um, <laughs> way of getting a girl's attention, you know, just by being crude and rude yeah. and, 
I think it really comes off that way. Like he doesn't know how like to be to show his like attention to her without just being mean to her. Mm-hmm. But I did, I did feel like he kind of pulled his punches a little bit with her. Like with her, it was a little bit different. A little different, yeah. Even though a lot of the oh, he was still awful. Completely inappropriate. Oh yeah, it was still awful. I mean, he was he's a I mean, he, he's a terrible. And when this movie starts, Phil is an objectively terrible person. And and I guess that is uh, the way of showing how full of himself and how conceited he yeah. he is there, and uh, you know with with his interactions that we see as as the days repeat. I would love to know a number uh, that that the writers and director had kind of put on his number of repeats. I've heard a lot of different things. Okay, I would I would love to hear one because I really haven't heard any and initially viewing the movie and not have seen it in such a long time, I didn't realize it was so many, you know, I mean, cause you get the sense that he may have been doing this for years. <laughs> um, the number I've heard most often is 10,000 years. Wow. Yeah. But they, they show 38 distinct days. Like they can, by, by, the, by the way things are repeated, there's mm-hmm. at least 38 days that are shown. Okay. But, for him to learn how to play the piano and learn how to speak French right. and yeah, master yeah. French poetry and all the and all the stuff that he does, I mean, I sculpting. <laughs> right, right. I mean, because yeah. he goes from knowing nothing about piano, yeah, to performing in front of you know a crowd very well. Yeah. Now, being a musician myself, it is difficult, no matter what stage you're at, to perform in front of people. I um, mean, you know, I've been playing for thirty years now. I still make little stupid mistakes just for being nervous, you know, up in front of people. And, uh, you know, he's up there with the shades, just being cool. You know, I don't know if he was trying to be Ray Charles or whatever <laughs> as he was playing. Uh, but, yeah, that, the eye sculpting, uh, just uh, knowing uh, all his little nuances of people. And, and you see how he can manipulate that with with Nancy at one point. You know, <laughs> so, what's your name? Where did you go to school? Who was your English teacher? You know, and... Uh, yeah. That whole situation, and then you see him later with with Rita, you know, repeating days and getting stuff wrong and getting it right the next day. And as as the day progresses, each time he uh, gets a little further along yeah. with the, like, like like the scene in the bar. Yeah, like he learns what drink she likes, and then he learns what her toast is, and then it's just uh, each scene he's learning a little bit more. It's just, but that's just it's just a clever way to to structure the movie. It's just shorthand. He can very quickly, you know, show like a character development, but also shows that, you know, especially that scene, he's not, he's still he's not a not good dude. Guy. Yeah. You really think, and I, and I thought after his uh, interaction with, uh, with Nancy, I really thought when I seen him interacting with, uh, with Annie McDowell's character, I thought, oh, maybe he's really, you know, having these feelings because yeah. that was, um, my thoughts of the movie. And of course it's a romantic comedy. I said, okay, you know, maybe he's, this is where he's starting to woo her, starting to show her. But no, he's just trying to play on her. Yep. You know, he really, until the very end, I don't feel he really had those intentions pure. Well, I, I think he always had feelings for her. I just, I just think he was such a broken, bitter person. He didn't know what to do didn't with him. Didn't know what to do with him, yeah. And, um, and, I, and, and, and he, he was so broken that his, his first instinct was just to manipulate her. And that it it took a long maybe ten thousand years um, to really actually learn how to to process his own feelings and, and how to accept a person like Rita into his life and be the kind of person that would be good for her too. Yeah. Now I'm generally not a big fan of when a movie tries to do something else or tries to be something else, but yeah, you really can see the psychology 
mm-hmm. guess, in here that went into uh, to his development and how he had to progress from being just such a jerk yeah. to actually developing a heart and being able to deal in a relationship, you know, you know, the give and take instead of being yeah. so self-centered. Well, that's that's actually the the first no, thing in my notes on the positive section here is like this is a message movie, hmm. and I normally hate message movies. Yeah, I don't want to be preached at by the movies, you know. Exactly. Um, this is one of the few that actually has like a, you know, it's not subtle. It's got a message here. It's about you know this guy, you know, learning becoming a better person and about what it means to be a better person, what the good life actually is. It's a movie with a message. It's a message movie. I mean, it's not, it's not subtle about it. Now, I, I, I usually prefer movies that have like a more subtle theme, yeah. a more of a thematic movie. This is a message movie, but the message is so good. And it's so such a, such a warm heart about it that I just love it. And it's just so, I mean, it's so, and it's delivered in such a way as not to beat you over the head. Yeah. With it, but he just says, you know, hey, here is a way to. Yeah, it's not clumsy about it. Here is a thing instead of saying, here's what we're going to do. Here's, yeah. Here's what I'm trying to tell you. Here, you know, get it in there. But uh, yeah. I, I love that it's, I mean, it's it's kind of countercultural, especially now. It's gotten worse since 93. But for now, most people think the, the goal of life is for about me you know, you know, being fully actualized. It's about me and my desires, my feelings, and I'm gonna follow my feelings, whatever. But in, in Groundhog Day, Phil Connor's whole journey is about him, you know, learning that the good life, that the best life, is actually being focused on others and not himself. Mm-hmm. And so it's really countercultural. If you really think about what our culture values now, it's 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 upside down. You know, you're exactly right, Jamie, and I. Uh you know, as you were as you were talking there, my mind was going to you know raising our children. You know, we we both have younger younger children, and I know a lot of people refer to the the seventies and eighties as the me generation, but really, I mean, how much worse is that today? Yeah. And uh, I mean, even to the point where um, me and my wife was speaking about this right around Christmas time, we uh, had uh, gotten some video games for the kids, and at, at uh, you know a, a video game franchise, you get you know, you, you get the discount card after so many games and you get a subscription to the magazine and you know, we get the magazine and the, f- on the cover, take what you can get, no matter who, you know, take care of yourself, yeah. yourself, yourself, yourself. You know, and that's the theme. And I was like, yeah. how do you teach people to be responsible, respectful, caring people when all of society is saying. And if you think about take it, take care of you. We, don't worry about anybody else. And we, we've talked about how awful Phil is at the beginning of this movie. That's Phil's life. Yeah. Phil's all about Phil. That whole the Pittsburgh job he's got, that whole news station is beneath him. His coworkers are beneath, beneath him. him yeah. Punxsutawney is beneath <laughs> him. Groundhog Day is beneath him. You know, because it, 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 he's all about himself. And by the end of the movie, he's learned the opposite lesson. That he's really. It's not just that he gets to escape Groundhog Day. He's actually a happy person. Yeah. By the end of the movie, when he, he's when he's focused on other people. Yeah, he sees that the joy in his life is not in his situation, so to speak, but it is in his surroundings and in his connections. Yeah. Okay, I, I want to talk about a really interesting thing about this movie. Go ahead. And I, I think it's a positive, but I, I want to get your take on it. They never explained why he repeats this day. Would you like? Would you have liked to have had an no. explanation? No. No, because 
you know, being a musician, being an artist, I know you're a writer as well. You know, we're we're trying to share something. We're trying to, um, you know, touch the world with something internal to ourselves. That may mean something a little bit different to you and to me. Um, da- uh, Dave Grohl, I think it was, uh, says, you know, you can sing a song to 85,000 people and have 85,000 people sing back for 85,000 different reasons. Mm-hmm. You know, so the uh, the internalness of, you know, okay, he got it right. He was able to move on. He became a good person. He found true love. You know, he found, yeah. you know, there's all these little different ways you can interpret that. Uh, you know, he, he, you know, saved these people's lives. You know, uh, he, you know, became a good person, you know, yeah. or, you know, like you said, he found true love or he had accomplished something, uh, you know, in the galactic mm. scheme of things. You know, it's all interpretive to what it means most to you. Okay. Would you? Okay. All right. Let's let's do the other end of this of the the story then. Okay. Would you like to have had a reason at the beginning for why he gets stuck on Groundhog Day? Like, why is he repeating this day? Because they don't really give us an explanation for either side no, no, why he escapes it or why he gets stuck doing it. Huh. This is true. Would you like to have had either explanation? Because I think you're right about the end. Not explaining the end leaves it up to us. We can all interpret why he escaped. I'm thinking about it here. No. Yes, I don't think so either. No, I, don't, I don't think so either. And I think, again, with the interpretation of it, I mean, is he, what is he lacking in his life that we fill in the gap that he has to repeat, to find, to feel, yeah. you know, that void? Is it one thing? Is it 10 things? Is it a 10,000 things that he gathers each day? It was in the script. You know, do you want to know what it was? Really? It was in yeah. the script. It was explained. <clears throat> I don't know that I do. I don't know that I do. It's terrible. I don't know that I do. Okay, I'll tell you what. I'll tell you what we do. Here's here's another question. Do they ever explain the end? Why he can... Is, no, I don't think that, that I don't think okay. that was ever. Okay. Here's here's the thing. Okay. This oh, no, the, the, the ending in the script is even worse. I know this there is, was one in the script. There's, they, they never filmed it, though. Okay. Well, this is going to be a uh, – since you know the reason, and I'm not sure that I want to know it, we are going to visit this at the end. And okay. I'll, I'll tag it on after our ending music. Okay. And if anybody wants to hear it, <laughs> they can listen to it. Well, I think I think that the director now would say, like, they decided not to do it because yeah. it does. it's not part of the story. So I think they turned their backs on it. But so, it was in the script. So when you hear the catchy – Nerds of the Roundtable theme music <laughs> kick up at the end. You don't have to hit stop on your podcast player this time. Let it play through if you are curious. Pretend you're at a Marvel movie. Reason- <laughs> yeah, this, this will be our first after credits scene, Jamie. Oh, my God. Oh, I'm going to swoon. I need an eye patch. <laughs> no, but, but I think you're right. I think it is one of the real strengths of the movies, that they, that they didn't feel like they had to do that. Yeah. And it just leaves it up to us. That's one thing I really appreciate movies that don't, even when they have a message, that don't beat you over the head with that message. They trust that you're smart enough to figure it out, to come to your own conclusions. And they're secure enough in their audience, and they're secure enough in their art that it's going to deliver that message, and they're going to get it. So, uh, yeah, stay tuned for the Groundhog Initiative. 
Are any other strengths? Um, you know, uh, if, if we're to close it out, yes, the ending of the movie. Mm. Um, I love the first day he wakes up and and he goes to wash his face and he hears the guys talking the same broadcast, the same song. And he says, playing yesterday's tape, guys. <laughs> so it's kind of amateur, you know. Yeah. And at the end of the movie, when he wakes up and he's in Andy McDowell's arms, before he realizes that, the broadcast starts the same. They give you a juke move. And then it shifts real quick. Yeah. And he's like, <gasps> and then he realizes she's here. I love that he pinches her. Yeah. Just to make sure she's real. She's <laughs> real. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's a positive, you know, that I thought was a really beautiful thing at the end of the movie. Yeah. Um, but know, it was kind of a Phil Connors thing. He pinched her. He didn't have her he pinch him. Pinch yeah. He didn't pinch himself. He pinched her, <laughs> you know, one, a, a couple of big things I do want to jump back to with the positives here. And, and I'm thinking about them. I'll absolutely loved, um, him kidnapping the groundhog. I loved scene. him, you know, um, dressing up like a cowboy. <laughs> I love the girl. I thought you said this was a costume party. <laughs> I, was like, I love this movie. <laughs> yeah. I Did you see what movie it was? Just the random stuff. Was it Heidi 2? Heidi 2. How random is that? <laughs> yeah. I mean, I just love some of the random <laughs> crazy stuff he done. You know, uh, the, the creative ways he was killing himself there in the yeah. middle when he was really depressed. I'm a god. No, you're not God. No, I'm a God. Not the God. <laughs> not the God. I'm, I'm God. an immortal. <laughs> you know, I mean, just his straight delivery of this. Yeah. And, and her just, of course, experiencing this for the first time. But we, you know, have seen the full story. Yeah. And we're going, oh, my God. <laughs> and she's just like, how absurd are you? <laughs> So, uh, yeah, that was great. So we're going to go ahead and take us another break and we'll be back with some negatives of this classic. So here we go. Welcome to Nerds at the Roundtable, a podcast on a quest for quality pop culture. I'm Jamie. And I'm Dwayne. And on this episode, we're going to be reviewing... What are we reviewing, Dwayne? The negatives of the 1993 classic Groundhog Day, directed by Harold Ramis, starring... Bill Murray and Annie McDowell. All right, do you want to launch out of the gate here with your first negative, Dwayne? Uh, really, I don't have very many negatives on this movie, Jamie. Uh, my biggest negative, and I know it was needed to be for his character was just Bill Murray being such a jerk. I had such a hard time with him being a jerk, uh, but I know it had to be that way. Now, as far as the film making uh, negatives, I think his turn to the nice guy was a little too late for it to really have struck home. Like I mm. think it needed to, I mean, don't get me wrong. It was great. Yeah. Uh, and it was heartfelt. But I think if he maybe would have started his turn while he was, I guess, in his manipulative information gathering stage with 
you know, Annie McDowell's character, Rita, I think that it would have been a um, little bit of a better uh, arc there. Yeah. Uh, that doesn't bother me, but I, I think you've got an argument there. I don't, I don't, I'm not saying you're wrong. I just don't, I think I, I just roll with it. Yeah. Um, I, and I think I, I enjoy feel being awful in the whole journey so much that I, I just, I, I, I buy it. Yeah. And, and I guess I was cheering so hard for him to turn into the good guy. You know, I was, I was wanting so badly for him to be the charming, lovable guy. Um, and he just kept being the manipulative, let me see what I can get jerk. Yeah. Um, that it really, really bothered me with that. So th- those are really my only two negatives of the movie. You know, it was really edited well. Um, you know, the uh, could have probably could have done without the scene of him trying to explain that he's a deity. <laughs> you know, that was a little bit uh, much. But I guess it kind of shown where yeah. where he had already gotten so much information, had already spent so much time yeah. there, and uh, you know. This is going to happen now. This is going to happen now. Here's this guy's situation. Here's this girl's situation. Here's who this guy, you know, and he's going to explain everything. That lost me a little bit, took me out of the movie mm. a little bit. Um, but other than that, no, that, very few negatives. Okay. I've got two. Okay. And they're nitpicks, and they annoy me intensely. <laughs> but I, I still get this movie an A+. I think it's such a great movie that it, it overwhelms the negatives. Okay. I've got two nitpicks that drive me and crazy. sometimes the nits can turn into... These don't drag it down, though. Okay. Um, they slip through the net of whatever metaphor you want to use here. Uh, they slip through the net or slip through the Ned? <laughs> Nothing gets by Ned. <laughs> Nothing gets by Ned. <laughs> but my first big one is the music. I hate the music in this movie. Every bit of it. I hate the song, the Weatherman song at the beginning. I yeah. hate the score. I hate all the music in this movie. You really did have some cheesy It's bad. I mean, and as much as I love Sonny and Cher, I mean, I really got my feel... Of I got you, babe. <laughs> Quite a lot, but yeah, I'll be your weatherman. The the theme song, but even just like the score, it's cheesy. It's, it's like weak. movie of the week cheesy. Yeah, it, it really was. Yeah, I guess they spent their money on, <laughs> on Bill, Bill Murray, Murray and Andy McDowell. You know, uh, yeah. but yeah, the, the music really was kind of it's cringeworthy, kind of out there. Yeah, I, I noticed that especially with the the theme. You uh, talk, you talk about like how that um, like some of the stuff pulled you out of the movie. The music did it to me constantly. It's yeah. the only thing that was really distracting in the movie was just how bad the music was. Yeah. And really, the early 90s, Jamie, I'm, I know you remember grunge and the shift from... You well, know, yeah, this is especially not the, early 90s music. This is not, Mm-mm. you know, this is not the good stuff. Which my, my wife, she's, she's a big fan of Bill Murray and Harold Ramis and this whole, that whole crew, that whole... You know, you know the whole I mean, genre these, of comedy. These are the guys who brought you classics. Yeah, you but know, she these, says that that's a thing with Harold Ramis movies. Like if Harold Ramis is directing the movie, the music's going to be bad. Really? Yeah, I I I'd never noticed that before. But she says, she says if it's directed by Harold Ramis, the mu- music is going to be cheesy. But, I mean, he directed Ghostbusters. Not, maybe not the best music there either. I mean, I mean, I ain't afraid of no ghost. <laughs> I mean, come on, Ray Parker Jr. Okay. <laughs> Sure. Well, I mean, I mean, you know, I guess, I guess, even a broke clock's right twice a day. All right, moving on though. I'm, <laughs> about, I'm, I'm about to make Dwayne mad. What's your other nitpick? Andy McDowell. Okay. I don't like her. She's in two of my all-time favorite movies. Okay. I don't see the appeal. She is not 
a person that has stuck with me through the years. I guess, you know, like, like some other actresses or actors have. That has just been like, oh, they're so great and wonderful. But I guess her her performance, her heart, I mean, just she she, she portrays earnestness so well. And, uh, you know, like I said, you know, you, you, the cover, I'm looking at the cover here on on IMDb. You know, she's, she's just got that broad, big smile, just, just lots of her face. You've right, you've right met those people, though. And this is probably might just be how I'm wired. Those people that are just too nice, and you immediately think, this is a cover. They're fake. What, what, what are they up to? What, yeah. What's their sale? I get that from every scene Annie McMill's ever been in, every movie she's ever been in. Hmm. Um, like, you talking about how sincere she is. I'm like, I don't buy it. <laughs> like, you're, no one's this nice. You're like, you're, you, what, what do you want? What are you trying to get out of me? Okay. And, and she, like I said, she's in two of my favorite movies. This movie and Multiplicity. One of the forgotten <laughs> gems yes. of comedy. <laughs> She she's great in that. I mean, I mean, yes. I mean, it's a great movie. She's not great in that. Um, she's I'm I'm gonna be really mean now, but as far as like her screen presence, she's human vanilla. Yeah. She doesn't ruin anything she's in, but she doesn't bring much to the table. She's yeah. She's earnest, you know, and I guess that would be the human vanilla. You know, she just is. Feels like a, a real person sometimes. Yeah. Like apparently, she's a really a great, like a great person in real life. Mm-hmm. I mean, I've I've heard like stuff about how really nice, like really in real life, she really is a, a sincere person. She's really nice, and everybody loves her. Mm-hmm. Just something about her screen presence, I don't buy it. She's up to something, you know. I just I, I find Annie, Annie McDowell off putting in, in movies. Um, apparently, she's a great person. I just, yeah. just I don't know. You, I, it was funny. Like I was I was trying to be nice over here and not say anything if we got to the negatives because you were raving about Annie McDowell. I'm like, I'm gonna make you mad. <laughs> No, I mean, she's not, you know, she's not anything phenomenal, but I mean, you put, you know, even the most mediocre nice person beside Bill Murray in this movie. <laughs> <laughs> you know, he's just, he's just so nasty. The contrast is too much. <laughs> the contrast is, is, I guess, may have been what brought it out for me, but, yeah. uh, you know, and she's not leaping out in other movies, but like you said, you know, there's, she's in two of your favorite movies. She's not leaping out to me uh, in in other movies I've I may have seen her in. But there was like a big Andy McDowell thing though. Like for about she, five or six years, she, she was in she a was ton big of big there. movies. Yeah, yeah. You've seen her and Julia Roberts everywhere. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There for a while, but yeah, I can I can kind of get along with with you know her being a little too much. But you know, like I said, you just put anybody nice beside bill murray's jerkness in this movie and i guess you want to get i think i think the nice level is just over the top yeah she's too nice scares me <laughs> those are all the negatives i have um and, and and honestly i mean andy mcdowell doesn't bother me as much as the music the music really does it gets me it, yeah, that that does music, pull me out of the movie. The music was really rough and yeah. uh, and i had kind of done a little bit of research leading up to this movie i had uh, i had secured it a few probably about a week before i was able to watch it so i kind of shifted through imdb and kind of bounced around some other things getting a little bit of information and seeing the time frame that the movie uh, you know was recorded in um you know 93 i wonder if maybe this was recorded maybe sit on the shelf for a little while i don't think so it was released with the music I just think Harold Ramis has bad taste in music. He very possibly could. <laughs> That's what my wife was, led me to believe. Yeah, because it was pretty, pretty bad in this movie. Yeah, yeah I'm, I'm, I'm with you. Okay, so we'll, we'll agree on the music and disagree <laughs> on the Miss McDowell. I'm glad you took that well. I mean, yeah. that, you were raving earlier, and I was getting a little yeah, scared that I was going to actually make you angry. Well, I mean, she's, she's good. She's not 
phenomenal. You know, but she's she's good. Okay. Yeah. Well, but no- uh, yeah, so there we go, guys. <laughs> <laughs> So that was the negative uh, for uh, Groundhog Day. So, uh, but like I said, I mean, I've got some nitpicks, and I'm, some of them I'm pretty annoyed by. It's still an A plus movie. This movie's great. Oh yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, those those things notwithstanding, you know, uh, it was still a good movie. Yeah, still a good movie. And uh, you know, thankfully, this wasn't a you know music heavy movie. Yeah, and it wasn't crucial. To, yeah. I mean, other than having the Sonny and Cher be like the big clue, you're yeah. repeating the day. You're, but other than that, the music wasn't crucial to anything. There's no scene where it was crucial. Mm-hmm. Take another break, Dwayne? Let's take another break, Jason. Welcome to Nerds of the Roundtable, a podcast on a quest for quality pop culture. I'm Jamie. And I'm Dwayne. Jamie, what are we reviewing this week? Well, on this episode, we're reviewing 1993's classic Groundhog Day, directed by... Harold Ramis, starring Bill Murray and Andy McDowell. All right. And today we're looking at the uh, some awards for this movie, some some standouts that we want to bring attention to. So uh, well, one of the, the first ones we have lined up here, Jamie, would be our best performance. What, what, what would you take this? What's the best performance? It's Bill Murray. Um, I think this was this was the movie when it finally convinced me he was an actual actor and not just a funny person. <laughs> you know, because some people are just well, funny, and some people actually waited till he got to I think Lost in Translation to uh, make. See, I, I think I think he already shows all some acting chops in this movie. Yeah, this this movie he really does show some range. He really does yeah. show some heart. Um, I understand uh, in one of our pre-show meetings you said he was kind of going through a difficult time. Yeah, in this movie, and you can really kind of see. Uh, he, he looks a lot rougher than he does in, in some other movies, and uh, and I know the 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 situation, the things that are happening here, kind of weighs on him, and and is really uh, you know dragging on him, him reliving this day. Yeah. Well, there's some, there's some dark scenes where he's just really not not just the suicidal scenes, but like some of the scenes when he's um like like when he's having the like the second snowball fight. Yeah. When he's like really manic. Really angry. And it, that's kind of a dark scene. You know, if you really think about, you know, where his mental state is right there, it's kind of dark. You know, he's he's losing it. Yeah. And he spends quite a bit of time at one point just being utterly nasty. Yeah. Uh, in different ways to, to uh, yeah. various people, uh, even, the, you know, the beloved groundhog that, that this movie bears a namesake. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, but I mean, if you think about it too, like um, he even like it's like a red herring. Like we think he's turned a corner, he's just manipulating he's really people. Really not, yeah. That's some, that's some pretty subtle acting, you know, for a guy who's mostly just known for like stripes and you know Caddyshack. Yeah, you know, I mean, <laughs> so I mean, it's some real acting going on here. It's kind of impressive. Yeah, no, he really, uh, yeah, he he really did show some range. Um, and I know, like you had mentioned about, you know, where we think he's kind of turned a corner, and we find out he's not. Yeah, turned made that corner. And then at the end, how he's just nonchalantly going throughout the day, rescuing yeah. and just being a hero to. Well, like, like the uh, the scene where he starts trying to rescue the homeless man, and you know that that really, has some really good acting. There that too. really broke my heart. Yeah. That really, I I thought that that was going to be uh, his big turn. Yeah. There. And and even after that, he still had some really really nasty times, but that. <sighs> That scene weighed on me. Yeah, yeah, I think it was supposed to. And and a, and a guy who can't, who's just like a comedian and wasn't actually an actor, couldn't have sold <coughs> that scene. No, no. 
So yeah. Yeah, he's really good. All right. So do you do you agree or do you have a different best performance? Um, you know, I was going to say the groundhog. But <laughs> <laughs> no, in, in all honesty, it is. Yeah, in all honesty, it is Bill Murray. Yeah. Uh, in all honesty, it is. So uh, best quote, Jamie. Uh, best quote. I'm going to go ahead and jump in here, and and you already know what mine is. Yeah. You already know what mine is. It's the it's the. Don't drive right angry. <laughs> Don't drive angry. That's probably yeah. the right answer. When, when, he, when he's kidnapped the groundhog in the in the pickup truck, driving through the quarry, uh, you know, he's got the, the, the police and the honorable um, fraternal order of groundhoggers. <laughs> you got the, the groundhog minders there in their in their little suits. And, uh, fraternal order of groundhoggers. <laughs> I have no idea what I'm talking about, but yeah. Uh, He's got the groundhog up on the steering wheel, and I mean, I thought I was going to bust a gut laughing at that scene. <laughs> it, it is the most memorable line in the movie. It is, yeah. see, but I, I think I'm at the point now where I've seen this movie so many times that that has that I've heard that line so many times, and I've joked about that line so many times. Yeah. I still say all the time, "Don't drive angry, don't drive angry. to people when I'm when I'm not driving." I pretty much now, always say that line. There's a really, there was a lot of really great quotes. Well, I've got throughout. two of them. I'm going to give you the one that makes it's a it's it's a small little line but it makes me laugh so hard. So when they're first leaving Pittsburgh and not no the, the first time they're trying to get back to Pittsburgh and they're talking about people and he's he's sort of going back and forth with Rita and he, he says tells, tells Rita he says you know people like blood sausage too people are morons. Just something about that line—it just makes me laugh every time. Yeah, I, I, th- I think it's the attitude too. But like people like people like blood sausage. People are morons. Right. Yeah. So that, that's my favorite funny quote. But the actual, for me, the one that actually um, hits me the most is where he's he's laying in bed with Rita and she's went to sleep. And he's and this and the thing is, is the point when he actually has turned the corner. This is the when it's not the red herring anymore. He's not mani- being manipulative. So this is actually the next day. No, no, this is the, the first time she falls asleep oh, the on the first it. time she falls asleep. Yeah, and he says that what, this is when he realizes what life is actually about, what the good life is. Mm. He says, whatever happens tomorrow or for the rest of my life, I'm happy now because yeah. I love you. Yeah. And and, that, and that's when he starts living life differently, when the days change, when he starts just trying to help other people. And it's not just about him manipulating or committing suicide or stealing groundhogs. It's just when he really starts trying to live, become a better feel. Yeah, and that just for me that 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 one little scene, that one little line is is for me the one like the memorable moment when things change for Phil. Yeah, that that really uh, showed some heart there. All right, Dwayne, number three, best scene. What do you got? Mm, best scene. I'm going to stick with him kidnapping the groundhog. It's the right answer. That's, yeah, that's just the best. <laughs> you know, and and it came at a perfect point in the movie. Yeah, it really did uh, because you're kind of getting into his craziness his maniacal every day is and he's just doing this random stuff just just kidnap the groundhog why not <laughs> i gotta stop it yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah he just breaks it's it's the right answer it's yeah. it's the most memorable scene in the movie it's the most fun scene in the movie yeah it's the best scene it is and jamie our uh last award that we're going to stick with is the best recurring character so Dwayne this was this was your idea I want, I want to hear yours what, who do you think is the best recurring character the best recurring character is Stanley Tobolowski's character Ned the insurance salesman 
Needlehead Ned? Needlehead Ned. Ned um, Ryerson? I mean, in all of the different interactions that he has with He's the He's with your sister and he told me to stop. <laughs> yeah, I mean, is this guy legit? Is this guy just crazy? Is he just one of these people who are, you know, are, are a crazy insurance salesman and just, yeah. just talking out of his, talking out of his, you know, rear end the whole time? Or is he a legitimate person who knew Bill Murray in school? Yeah. Legitimately dated his sister. And, you know, hey, Jamie. Watch that first step. It's a doozy. <laughs> yeah, guys, Stanley Tobolowski, I mean, keep an eye out for him in movies that you watch. He's Look him up on IMDb, always, you'll, and you'll know the face. You'll know him, yes. Yeah. Um, I've got a runner-up. It's, that, it's the right answer. Yeah. You're right. But oh, yeah. I, I want to give I'm an honorable curious. mention. I'm curious to runner-up. I've got an honorable mention. The owner of the bed and breakfast. When she tries to offer him coffee, all this kind of stuff. <laughs> he runs up and kisses her. Yeah, and he asks her, he's like, have you ever had deja vu? She's like, I don't know, I'll ask the cook. Uh, I mean, just all these little moments. That's another great question. <laughs> you know, it's just, she has so many funny little scenes. And like when he's when he's in a real dark period and he's watching Jeopardy, and he's answering all the things, and he gives her this look. And so it's answering the question before he's going to ask her. And she's getting freaked out. It's just a great little moment. <laughs> she has so many of those little moments. Yeah, I mean, this movie really is full of characters. Yeah. And it's really full of great characters. And, you know, I know we've gushed a lot about, you know, Stanley Tablowski's character. But, I mean, these actors are throughout. You yeah. know, just, just people that you see in little roles in other 80s and well, yeah, 90s. Yeah, the, the waitress in the diner has a few moments. Yeah. You know, the um, uh, Nancy has her moments. The mayor the even the even the guys in the um the armored car that he steals from i remember those guys you know There's all those yeah. little moments i'm mean, all all these all these um supporting characters have, yeah. have their own moments to shine when he gets drunk with the two guys and, oh, and yeah. leaves the police on a chase yeah I, I love the scene with that guy when he's like you know what would you do if you did the same thing every day and nothing ever mattered the guy's like Sounds like my life. That about sums it up. <laughs> <laughs> Been there, buddy. Been there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So it's that's uh. That's so so the, I don't remember her name, but the owner of the bed and breakfast is the runner-up. I, yeah. I love all of her little moments. All right, Dwayne, are you ready for the next Mrs. section? Mrs. Lancaster. Maybe. Yes, I believe so. You ready for the Keanu connection? You know, I'm very curious. The Keanu connection here. Okay, here, here, Dwayne's been waiting for it to happen. Um, and we had joked that if this ever happened, we would have to change this this part of the uh, the show. There's no Keanu connection. It's dead. Really? I got nothing. I tried to think, like, thematically. I mean, if he, if he had been in Tom Cruise's role in Live, Die, Repeat, I'd have used that. I mean, I, I, got, I got nothing. Wow. <laughs> I, I think this segment's dead. Okay. <laughs> So I'm I'm going to resurrect it here and say that it, the Keanu connection is that this is a movie and Keanu makes movies. That was that was where I was going to go at one point. You know, if 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 one of the listeners could hit up a, hit up the Facebook page with something, I, I would be impressed. I've got nothing. We've got nothing with Keanu this week. Okay. Yeah, I, I couldn't find it, so I was I was curious if you could. And when you told me earlier you you had something, I was I was wondering. So there's and and if and I, you you had said before this was ever a week. That I couldn't come up with something. We, we, we were going to kill the segment. I, I think it may be dead. Oh, I've man. got nothing. Okay. We may, uh, <laughs> we, may, we may have to change our doctrine, folks, <laughs> and uh, convert. But uh, we'll, we'll let you know. We will let you know. Jamie, as we, uh, as we carry on and close out here uh, with that heartbreaking news, 
Hey, um, I'm sorry I let you down. Um, yeah, I'm I'm uh, I'm picking myself up over here. All the all the little pieces of my broken heart. You really did look disappointed. <laughs> all the little pieces of my broken heart. Oh, um, okay. Time for keeping it 100. Keeping it 100. Okay, so let's let's uh, yeah let's get this uh, a little bit on a on a happier uh, more upbeat note here. Keeping it 100, Jamie. Um, I'm going to go first. I've got kind of a strange keeping it 100. It's not a movie. I'm I'm going off the beaten path too. It's not a podcast. It's not a TV show. Hmm. It's not even a comic or a book. So, um, do you have your timer set over there? I'm ready. Okay. I'm I'm intrigued now. You have piqued my curiosity. Three, two, one, go. Greta Van Fleet. Have you ever heard of Greta Van Fleet? I have not. Okay. Should I be embarrassed? Do you like classic rock? I'm iffy. You're iffy? Okay. Guys, if you like classic rock, especially in the vein of Led Zeppelin, Aerosmith, Rolling Stones, some of these great, just rocking, blues-out bands. Greta Van Fleet. There are a bunch of young guys coming up. Hmm. Um, I'm going to tell you something. The kid sings like Robert Plant. Um, he, he's got the scream. They've got the jams. Um, you know, I think the oldest member of the group's like 22. Wow. Yeah, the youngest one I think is 19, and they are just just pure out rock and roll. They've only got one album out, and I think they're maybe an EP. They're working on their second one. Yeah. They're they're out on the road now, but I'm gonna tell you something. Just for some great rock and roll, Greta Van Fleet. Uh, a couple of their notable songs are a Highway Song, a Safari Song, Black Smoke Rising. Check them out. Hmm. Interesting. Okay, Jamie. I know I had a little bit of time left over. You did. You had about 30 seconds left. Uh, that was a, a pretty easy sell. So uh, are you ready to go? Yes. Three, two, one. Okay. I'm recommending a podcast this week. It's called Hero Movie Podcast. And the whole gimmick is is anything that has been a comic book and is now a movie, they review. Oh. And the three guys on it, it the, the hosts make the show. They're great. Um, and actually, they were kind of the inspiration for our the, the Keanu connection. Because I've been listening to this podcast for a long time, and they do a Stallone connection. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I think on one, on one episode of that we've done, I did the whole I have a prepared statement thing. Well, one of the hosts, Sean, uh, I forget his last name. He does that every time. He has a literally a really lengthy, well-worded, very eloquent, prepared statement about how Buster Stallone connects to a hero movie every week. And it's just a fantastic podcast. Like two out of the three hosts are stand-up comedians. One of them's an actor. Okay. I mean, they're really charismatic. They're funny. They really like each other, have similar senses of humor. They make each other laugh. And they, they're reviewing mostly superhero movies. And it's just really entertaining. Hero movie podcast. Hero movie It's one of my podcast. favorites. That sounds great. And you've got 30 seconds left there, too. Um, <clears throat> and I would start with the Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse podcast. That episode's a really good one. Well, now we know we have a uh, special place in our heart Absolutely. for that movie. Yeah. Um, but now, you know, just like this podcast, it's always the hosts that keep you coming back. I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> let, let you down, guys. Sorry about that. No, uh, we, we really, truly hope you have as much fun listening as we do uh, 
recording these. And I well, I'll be honest with you. I mean, I, if, if Dwayne turned the mics off, I would still keep doing this. I mean, I, I love hanging out with Dwayne, and this is what we talk about all the time anyway. Um, yeah, we, yeah, we've done this for years before we stuck microphones in front of our yeah. faces. So, <laughs> yeah, just, we just uh, started recording our conversations. Yeah, that's that's what it's all about, guys. Yeah. And we hope uh, you know you are enjoying our conversation as well. I know we're not you know scholarly. I know we're not uh, – Criticy, you know, whatever that would mean. You know, we just we just want to uh, give you guys a maybe a fun revisit, or even a first visit on some uh, some movies, some media, books, whatever that that we decide to uh, throw out here. So, Jamie, uh, where can people find us? The internet, the interwebs. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> yes. Uh, if Al Gore made this thing for us. <laughs> If you're listening to us, you know, I'm sure you found us on a podcast somewhere. If you would like to follow along, we do have a, a Facebook page. It is Nerds of the Roundtable. And just like the Knights of the Roundtable, we are the Knerds of the Roundtable with a K. It felt clever when we came up with it. And uh, we, so we're going to stick with it at least for a little while. Um, also, we are on Instagram at Roundtable Nerds 2, and that is with a K. And on Twitter, it's at Nerds2. And if you've been on there, I've kind of fallen out of love with Twitter. So I'm not checking it as much as I should. It's a it's a pretty toxic place. Yeah, Twitter's gotten kind of nasty. Yeah, I, I'm doing less and less with Twitter. So I still check it occasionally, and I still get the updates in my email. So if you want to mess around with Twitter, I'll, I'll catch it. So. Okay, and if you want to, uh, you know, leave us a message on or post on our posts on the Facebook page, please do so. Or uh, also like our uh, posts on Twitter. I kind of try to do something clever every week that we release a podcast. Um, I'll probably try to so throw something out on Friday before the Monday release and then on the Monday of the release. But I'm, I'm focusing a lot more on the Facebook page. And yeah, Jamie's kind of doing a lot on the Facebook page yeah. as far as uh, he's he's moved his rankings lists over there. And those are really fun discussion points I have fun and doing topics. Them. Yeah. I have, I have fun <laughs> looking at them even though I don't comment all the time. <laughs> But uh, if if you guys want to leave us some messages, that would be a great place to do so. Also, our email address, Jamie? At roundtablenerds at gmail.com. I think I said too many ads there. But <laughs> roundtablenerds at gmail.com. And we still have a standing offer. We still haven't gotten our first email yet. And whoever sends in the first email gets to pick their own episode. What We will review, within reason, anything you choose. So the first emailer gets to pick their episode. Who's, whose reason is this, Jamie? Mine or yours? <laughs> Our wives. <laughs> so you're you're putting it in the in the in the hands of wisdom there. Discernment. <laughs> so great. Well, guys, uh, thank you again for listening, and please uh, like us, review us, uh, leave us five stars uh, wherever you listen to us, and please keep being nerdy. Hey, 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 Dwayne. Yes. Don't drive angry. Don't drive angry, Jamie. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. As the lights have come up in the theater, hopefully you have thrown away your popcorn and sodas in the trash receptacles and placed your children's booster seats back in the hallway. <laughs> the credits have ran. We are now here for our very first after credit segment. So, Jamie, as we were talking, you uh, had uh, discussed about the reason 
that yeah. this that this was going down. The reason that this was happening to Mister Phil the Weatherman. Okay, well, in the in the script, there was more at the beginning and more at the end. And as I read these things, I was horrified. Either if they had filmed either one of the things at the beginning of the movie or the end, it would have ruined the movie. So the the original reasoning about why Phil gets stuck in this day is that a jaded ex-lover has went to like some kind of witch doctor and he's been cursed to relive oh, this day. Yeah. That would have been so hokey and just cheesy and terrible. It would have ruined the movie. I think this just brought the movie down to a B. <laughs> <laughs> no, but think about that. That's how smart Harold Ramis is. He did not include he that. I'm it. so glad. So my grade will stand as an A minus, but yeah, I'm, I'm glad that that wasn't <laughs> it in It would have been so bad. Oh my, yes. Can you imagine that scene? I mean, having to watch like Bill Murray get like get the whammy put on him or something. Oh, I mean, my. it would have been awful. Yeah, that would have been bad. And you know, I know you discussed earlier about Harold Ramis's taste in music. The only thing that would have made that any worse is if they would have included Alvin and the Chipmunks singing <laughs> the Witch Doctor song. <laughs> Maybe Black Magical Woman or something playing over it. That would have been pretty bad too. <laughs> oh God. So in the original ending, though, in the script, and the guy who wrote this, who sold the script to the uh, studio, or whatever, had, a, had had an ending that was it was really important to him that they didn't film. I think he got mad about it. The original ending was they woke up together on February the third. So Phil has done you know ten thousand years worth of Groundhog Day. So they wake up on February the third, and then Rita's stuck, repeating February the third no. over and over and oh, over again. Yeah. He passed it on. And now she has to relive the day until she has a perfect day. I'm glad that wasn't a sequel. <laughs> I'm glad they did not try to make that as a sequel. Yeah. No, that was that was the ending. It was supposed to be like this. That, that, to me, that's a, that's a sad ending. That's not oh, a happy that, that ending. That would be horrible. Yeah. yeah so, so Rita's stuck yeah, repeating. I'm, I'm the glad next they day. left it where they did. I'm yeah. glad they left it where they did with uh, with them, uh, you know, leaping the gate, yeah. going down the snowy street. Let's live here. Yes. We'll rent it first. That's that's great. Yeah. So the original ending was Rita stuck in the next day. That's terrible. Alrighty, guys. So for anyone who has uh, stuck with us through that, I'm going to try to maybe uh, throw a little treat on here at the end. Don't know if you'll like it or not, but enjoy. And again, thanks for listening. I told the witch doctor I was in love with you. I told the witch doctor I was in love with you. And then the witch doctor, he told me what to do. He said that... I told the witch doctor you didn't love me true. I told the witch doctor you didn't love me nice. And then the witch doctor he gave me this advice. He said that ooh ee ooh ah ah ting tang walla walla bang bang ooh ee ooh ah ah ting tang walla walla bang bang ooh ee ooh ah ah ting tang walla walla bang bang ooh ee ooh ah ah ting tang walla walla bang bang. You've been keeping love from me just like you were a miser, and I'll admit I wasn't very smart. So I went out and found myself a guy that's so much wiser And he taught me the way to win your heart My friend, the witch doctor, he taught me what to say My friend, the witch doctor, he taught me what to do I know that you'll be mine when I say this to you Ooh, ee, ooh, ah, ah, ting, 
Walla walla bing bang. Ooh ee ee ooh ah ah ting tang. Walla walla bang bang. 